Hello and welcome to the sermon podcast of Landmark Baptist Church, New Hampshire. I pray that this message will be a blessing to you today. Luke chapter 9, we want to go to this morning and look at something that I think will be a help to us as we exit one year and enter another. And that's kind of the, the theme of the messages today, this morning and tonight, is really with the idea that we're ending one year and starting another. And I know really it's just one day after another, but... As you start a new year, it's a new opportunity to start fresh with some things, to get some things right, to adjust your sails so you follow the the wind of God's will for your life. And so there's an opportunity here. And so don't just say, well, it's just another day passing. No, it's, it's an opportunity, as each day is, but especially a new year to maybe do something different or to adjust something that God wants for your life or to get your life in line with his will. And so we want to Consider that today as we have this morning and tonight's message. And this morning's message is in Luke 9, verse 56. And we're going to read to the end of the chapter, verse 62 this morning. Luke 9, 56 through 62. It says, actually verse number 57. Let's start in verse 57. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, and this is the, this is the Lord Jesus Christ and his disciples Well, the Lord Jesus Christ and those following him, I should say. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, unto Jesus, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And notice Jesus' response in verse 58. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Interesting response. Verse 59. And he said to another, now instead of the person saying to Jesus, Jesus said to this other person, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me or allow me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Another interesting response. Verse 61, and another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my home, at my house. And Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow And looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Some strong statements here for sure, but I want to preach on the subject of now or later this morning. Now or later, and you'll see how that ties in, Lord willing, as we go through the message. But just think about what what we've already read. There was a decision for them to make, now or later. And I dare say that often, and maybe this past year, we've God's directed us, God's led us, we know what God expects, but we've said later, Lord... And that later never came. Or maybe we're coming into a new year and God will direct or move or lead. Or you read something in his word and it's very clear. And you have, you'll have the opportunity this next year to say, all right, now, Lord. In other words, you'll be in agreement with God and obedience by faith. Or procrastinate and say, not right now. And uh, may this hit us where we need it this morning. May this convict us or direct us or comfort us, whatever we need this morning from the Lord as we look at this passage. Let's pray first. Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the good singing of everybody. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to praise you this morning and lift up the name of Jesus and remember that we're redeemed and saved if we are and and all that that means to us. Lord, thank you for being faithful to us. Thank you for being faithful to Uh, Me personally, thank you for being faithful to my family. Thank you for being faithful to this church, Lord. 
And uh, we look at this past year and we've seen your faithfulness, God. And we've seen how you've been there when we needed you. We've seen how you've given wisdom and direction when it was lacking. We see how you've uh, built us up and strengthened us and edified us when we needed it. And God, we thank you for your faithfulness. And we know you've been good and you are good and you'll always be good. And Lord, I pray that we would just lift up your name today. And we just want to lift up, even at this moment, your goodness and your faithfulness and your mercy toward us and your love. Thank you for your Holy Spirit within that you put in each believer and that we can have God the Spirit abiding within us to help us and direct us and convict us and teach us. And we thank you for the precious Word of God, the Bible that we have today, which is not just man's Word, but it's your Word, inspired and preserved for us today. We thank you that we can open it up and read it and grow in faith and know your will and mind for us. Lord, we thank you for your church. Thank you for a group of baptized believers who have joined together for the sake of the Great Commission. And Lord, thank you for this time together and for all you do for us and all you will do. And we ask you now to speak to us through your precious word today. We pray that your Holy Spirit would make it personal to each one here. Lord, hold back what I shouldn't say, and Lord, let, let me be a vessel for what you want to say. And I pray that you would preach through me today, and that each heart would be stirred and touched, from the youngest to the oldest, and all in between. And Lord, we just pray that Christ would be magnified, and you would be glorified before us today. We need you, God. We need you, and I need your Holy Spirit's power and strength to preach today. Give us what we need, in Jesus' name, amen. As we consider this passage, Jesus Christ had healed and fed and preached and taught much up to this point and during his earthly ministry as he was helping others and proclaiming the message of the gospel. There were certainly a lot of exciting times in Jesus' ministry. If you were around back then, 2,000 years ago, in Galilee and in Jerusalem and the areas Jesus traveled, you'd, you'd no doubt sense the excitement and the surge of, of uh, liveliness that was happening in the towns and cities around. Uh, and, and not only that, but the miracles and, and the things he said and how he spoke with authority. Uh, Jesus Christ certainly had a lot of exciting times around Jesus' ministry and as he traveled with his disciples, the things that they did. But you know, there was also no doubt in their life the mundane times of eating and teaching and training and traveling and resting, the things that maybe we wouldn't think of, the disciples probably scratching their heads wondering what he's saying or what he's doing or how are we going to make it. For instance, previous to this, the 5,000 fed with just five loaves and a couple fishes, the disciples, they didn't know how, how this was going to work out. That was just 5,000 men, not including women and children. And they didn't know how that was going to work out, but of course Jesus did that miracle and met, all of them were fed and to the full and they had leftovers and, and there were certainly exciting times, but there were also mundane times just walking along the way and, and Jesus teaching them and instructing them and helping them to know what will come. And just before this and, and after this, he sends out his disciples and, and tells them to go ahead before him. And they, there was a lot of work. There was a lot of labor. There was a lot of walking. And as the multitudes flocked to him, 
Because it wasn't just those that wanted to follow him. There were multitudes, people just interested in what was going on with Jesus. People just kind of caught up in the hype and the excitement. Multitudes flocked to him. There would always be those who wanted to join him, wanted to minister with him, just be around him, kind of get the sense of what was going on. Or to be healed, or to be fed, or some need that they had. And Jesus, in response, as we see here in this passage, was direct and honest with them, knowing their heart and their true intentions. You notice Jesus didn't try to pump up his ministry a little bit so they would be more attracted to it. Amen? Did he ever do that? Jesus was direct with them. He said, hey, I'll follow you wherever. Hey, yeah, I don't have anywhere to sleep. Foxes have holes and birds have no I don't have that. So you need to know what you're getting into. Lord, I want to follow you, but I, I got to do this first. Okay, well, go take care of what you need to, and then come and follow me. He didn't say that. Jesus knew exactly what to say because he's God. Jesus knew exactly the intentions of the heart because he's God. And so he spoke right to and directly to the need and the problem or the issue that was at hand. In this passage this morning, we find an account of presumably three men who had an opportunity to move forward with Jesus. I want you to think about it. They had an opportunity to move forward with Jesus. Where they were at, we don't know. We don't know a whole lot about them. But we do know wherever they were at, they had a point now where they came across Jesus. And they could either move forward with him, or they could just stay where they're at or move back. But in each case, as they had that opportunity to move forward, there was also a potential hindrance and some apparent procrastination on some people's parts. These folks could have grown and proceeded by faith with Jesus now or put it off until later. As the new year upon us is starting tomorrow, we each have an opportunity to, to grow and proceed with faith now or to put it off later. When God directs us or convicts us or opens an opportunity for us, we can choose to procrastinate, to reject, or to follow in faith. We have to determine what are we going to do. Or even right now you may be at that place, how are you, how are you going to proceed? We will have opportunities to respond to the Lord this next year with now or later. Will you procrastinate or proceed? I've heard many people say about spiritual things or beneficial things or things that they feel led to do. Well, I'll get to that later. I've said that myself. I really need to do this. I really need to work on that. I really need to get going with this. But what happens is you and I, we tend to push it off and say, well, I'll get to it. But what happens is a day goes by and a week goes by and a month goes by and a year goes by. And before you know it, you never do it. Because you've procrastinated. You've put off something that should have been done already. That doesn't mean you can't recover from it. doesn't mean you can't redeem the time. As the Bible says, certainly we should. But many people have said, I'll get to that later. But here this morning, here this morning, or maybe there's some this morning here that have possibly been procrastinating what the Lord expects from you. Are you here? And as soon as I start talking about putting something off to, to, to later, you already think of something. 
that you put off. Could be something as simple as, you know, fixing something in your house, guys. Amen. <laughs> the ladies say, amen. <laughs> no one's going to say anything. <laughs> it could be simple putting off something like that, or it could be something a little more, a little more life-altering, like an eternal decision. Something spiritual that you know would be beneficial for your growth as a Christian. Something that you know you need to do, but you put it off. Immediately when I start talking about this, you're thinking of something. And the Lord perhaps wants you to do something about it even today. But it's the last day of the year. Well, it's a good way to end this year and start a new year. Amen. Don't put it off longer and say, well, it's been too long. No, no. If the Lord pricks your heart. If you see it clearly in his word and by his leading, then just do it. Today you can respond now with obedience and faith. Back to our passage in Luke 9, 57 through 62, we see some now or later choices. Using these examples this morning, I'd like to ask you three questions about whether you'll respond to Jesus now or later. Number one, will you pursue Jesus now or later? Will you pursue Jesus? By that I mean follow after him. Look at verse 57, 58. It came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. Right? They all have a place they go at night. But the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Now this certain man was pretty bold and direct with Jesus as either he was walking with Jesus or Jesus was passing by. Uh, he was direct with him about following him wherever he would go, right? That's a bold statement. And uh, there's some people that just, their tendency is to make bold statements. I'm going to do this, and, and they maybe don't get to it. Uh, I'm gonna, sometimes when you make, a, make the statement the boldest and the loudest, uh, it often goes unfinished. But I know some people who maybe don't make bold statements, and they end up getting things done. We've got to be careful with our bold statements, because sometimes that's pride. Amen? Amen, Pastor Preacher. All right, I'm feeling wound up here this morning. <laughs> so I'm going I'm to get raring. I'm ready to go here, unless you talk back to me in a good way. But the, there's a lot of times we make bold. I'm going to do this. I'm going to follow God. Man, I love him so much. But then well, how come you're not following him? How come you're not coming to church? How come you're not reading your Bible? How come you're not witnessing to people if you love him so much? If you love me, keep my commandments. But this, this man said, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. That's a bold statement. You could have just said, he could have just said, I'll follow you. But he said, I'll follow you wherever you go. That's a strong statement. And he could have been very sincere. I don't know. But I find interest in the statement of Jesus because Jesus knows all hearts. He said, I'll follow thee. I'll pursue you, Lord. I'll go after you. The other people in the text really had kind of the same desire or intention, it seemed. When Jesus said, follow me, and then one of them said, I'll follow thee. They, they seem to have the same intention. Okay, we want to do that. But Jesus responds to this certain man, verse 57 and 58, letting him know the lifestyle he'll have to be accustomed to. Jesus traveled a lot, and he didn't have many earthly possessions or means by which to even lay his head somewhere at night. It was a lifestyle of faith and simplicity. It certainly wasn't a lifestyle of luxury and comfort. It was a lifestyle of faith and simplicity and sometimes hardness. You had some that loved you and some that hated you. 
Sometimes you had a, a warm welcome in a place and hospitality, and other times you didn't. I imagine that the reply of Jesus caused the man to reconsider. And we don't know, we're not told whether he followed Jesus or not, or for how long if he did. We're not really told that. But I imagine that the statement of Jesus was to get him to think a little bit, to count the cost of what he was going to face. I think he probably first thought maybe whether he should follow him now or later when it's more comfortable or he's in a better place. Maybe when Jesus has a little more, uh, a little more uh, accommodations. And maybe when it's a little more comfortable for him to be able to leave what he's doing to follow what Jesus is doing. Uh, and perhaps this man, and, and we don't know, Matthew 8 recounts a similar story. And it mentions this man being a scribe. If that's the same man, then certainly he was used to a certain level of probably influence or position. And when you get with Jesus and the kind of lifestyle he lived, well, you, you're probably going to lose that. And so I'm sure this man thought a little bit and considered, should I pursue him? Again, we're not told whether he did or not, but let me ask you this morning, are you waiting to follow or pursue Jesus Christ for forgiveness or salvation because it's a life of faith? Because you're not going to be able to see that you can believe? When you recognize who Jesus is, the Savior, the Son of God, God the Son, and that Jesus died for your sin on the cross and he rose again, then you have an opportunity to either call upon him in faith and be saved or to reject that gospel story. To say, Lord, I believe you, I want to trust you now or put it off till later. Many people put it off till later. Who was it in the book of Acts uh, that, that Paul almost had persuaded? Was it Felix, King Agrippa, one of them? <laughs> said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. But he put it off till later. Heaven and hell are hanging in the balance if you have not chosen to follow Jesus. If you have not put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation. Heaven and hell hang in the balance. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6.2, For you saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in a day of salvation have I succored thee, which means to help thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If you die today and you're not 100% sure that you go to heaven, if you have not chosen to believe and call upon Christ to save you and to essence follow him, then this morning you have an opportunity to. Are you saved? Are you forgiven? Will you go to heaven one day? Not because you're good or because you've done anything, but because Jesus Christ died in your place and you've received him. Have you called upon him and saved you? If you have, praise God. Continue to follow him with all of your heart. If you haven't, then that's the first step to following Jesus. It's to put your faith in him for your salvation. When it comes to your soul, your eternity, your relationship with God, there's no time to waste. A choice that is not for Christ is a choice against Christ. A choice not to accept Jesus as your Savior is a choice away from him. For all eternity, for at any moment, we could die and go to hell without Christ. But with Christ, we have heaven. We have a relationship with God. We have forgiveness of sin. I encourage you to call upon Jesus believing now, not later. If you're here and even you go to church, you've gone to church, your family's saved, 
but, it, but in your heart you know you're not saved, that if you died you'd go to hell, that you never called upon Christ as your Savior, then I implore you, don't put it off because of pride. Well, they think I'm saved, or I said some prayer when I was younger, or, I, or I, uh, you know, my parents, they think I'm a good person, or, or uh, my wife, she thinks I'm saved, or whatever it may be, don't put it off till later. Trust him now as your Savior. You don't have time to waste. Well, I have plenty of time before me. Tell that to many people who die every day thinking they have plenty of time before them. Beside us dying, Jesus could come. And where would we be then? Will you pursue Jesus now? Will you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ now and be saved and forgiven? Well, secondly, let's look at the next passage. Will you prioritize Jesus now or later? This is for us, Christian. Will you prioritize Jesus now or later? Look at verse 59. And he said unto another, follow me. Right, this time Jesus calls unto him, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first. The word suffer has the idea of allow, let me, first, to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Will you prioritize Jesus now or later? This time Jesus gives the command to follow him. This person seemed willing to. Right? It's not that he said, no, I'm not doing that, Lord. I got other things to do. Right? He, he desired to follow Jesus. He was going to follow Jesus. He was going to do what Jesus wanted him to do. But he wanted to deal with some family affairs first. He said, let me first do this. At first glance of these verses, we might say that the man wanted to do an honorable thing. So what's the problem with putting off following Jesus? The problem was not the person's responsibilities, but the person's priorities. Right? We all have responsibilities in life and things we have to tend to for work, for family, for all those things. But it, it wasn't the responsibilities that were the issue, it was the priorities. Jesus Christ, in relationship to him, in our discipleship unto him, and doing his will must be first. He must be first. He must be prioritized properly. I know that goes against the society of today, and, I, and I, you can hear a pin drop in here, because it goes against our culture that says, me first. Me first. goes against our culture that says, I'm going to take care of me before anybody else. But God says, Jesus said, no, you take care of what I want you to do first. And if you do that, you'll be taken care of. But we think, let me take care of me first and my stuff first, and then, God, I'll come to you. We get it all backwards. We'll never get me squared away unless we get him squared away in priority. Matthew 6.33, a very familiar verse, but we often practice it backwards. But seek ye first the kingdom of God in his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you what are all these things all the things you worry about every day all the things to take care of your family all the things to take care of yourself food and raiment which is clothing and all the necessities of life you say well let me just take care of that first and then I'll get to the kingdom of God but Jesus said no you have it backwards seek ye me first my kingdom and my righteousness 
And then all these things shall be added unto you. You say, yeah, but that doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't make sense to our human brains. But it sure makes sense by faith to go into the word of God. And I'd much trust the God who created my brain than my own brain. Amen? You follow that? And uh, often I'm surprised how touchy of a subject that is with people. Say, no, me and my family and my things, that's first above anything. No, it isn't. Not above God. Not above Jesus. Not above his kingdom. Not above his righteousness. You can interpret that however you want. But his will and his purpose is more important than ours. And uh, that's what it's telling us. You must possess the right responsibilities, but if you don't prioritize Jesus properly, you'll be saying, in essence, later, Lord, I have to do this first. Me first, if you will, which is what that says. Lord, suffer me first. I know this isn't popular, but it's the last day of the year. I gotta, I'm just going to get it out there. We may not have next year. Tomorrow doesn't come. I want to be found faithful to give you the word of God. And I want to be found faithful to understand. You say, well, I just can't get things situated. It's because you have the wrong priorities. This guy said, let me go bury my dad. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. You ought to. And those things are important, but he knew his heart and he knew his priorities weren't straight. And he was procrastinating and putting off what he was supposed to do, which was put me first, Jesus says. And God said, you put him first. And listen, he's never failed me when I put him first to take care of my needs. All my needs have been met. All my life. And yours too, if you're honest about it. Now or later, Many Christians have good intentions of following Jesus, serving in the church, witnessing to the lost, walking with God, or adjusting their schedule for the kingdom of God. But instead of obeying now, they put it off until later, yet later never seems to come. Again, think about it. This is, this is, a, this is a, a challenging message, maybe for a Sunday morning, I don't know. It's biblical, but it's challenging as we come to the end of the year, uh, because you need to decide if you're going to do it now or later. You need to decide if you're going to put him first now or later. You need to decide if you're going to prioritize your life centered around God and his will rather than you and your will. Your life will be so much more peaceful and joyous when you do it God's way. I'm telling you. And, and maybe you've been limping along this year and and there's some things you can adjust. There's some priorities you can, you can change. Put yourself in the will of God. The safest, the most peaceful, and best place you can be is in the will of God. And with Christ and his, Him as a priority. The Lord Jesus says to us, as He said to the one bearing His Father, these things will take care of themselves if you put the Lord first. Will you prioritize Jesus now rather than later? Say, well, I'm saved. I'm, I'm following Jesus. I know him as my Savior. I seek to follow him the best I can. None of us are perfect. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of doing what we ought to do at times. None of us are perfect. We look back at this year, 2023, we see our mistakes. We see our failures. We see our sin. We see what we've done. But thankfully, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, there's forgiveness and there's cleansing from that. And God can set us on the right path. Uh, but, but you'll be addressed and confronted with things this year where Jesus says, 
hey, this is what I want you to do, but you want to do this, and you have to decide, me first or him first? You have to decide, am I going to prioritize Jesus where he needs to be? Or what I think I need to do? But thirdly, will you plow for Jesus now or later? Will you plow for Jesus now or later? Look at verse 61. Another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. That's great. That's a good start. It's a good start to say, I will follow thee. But can I encourage you, you've got to follow through. You can say, I'm going to follow you, but you've got to follow through. God can help you to be faithful at that. But let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my home, at my house, which are at home, at my house. And Jesus said unto him, that sounds reasonable. Go ahead. Say hi to him for me. Yeah, I got a gift for him. Let, him. let him know I appreciate them letting you go. That's not what he said. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. This man directly says, Lord, I will follow thee, but I will follow thee. Notice that verse 61. You can circle that word, but, if you'd like, in your Bible, or underline it, or mark it, but. We do a lot of, Lord, I'll do this, but. I have some conditions. I have, that's not surrender. That's not yielding to God. Lord, I'll do it, but. This man said directly, Lord, I'll follow thee, but. He wanted to go back and reconnect with friends and family. He wanted to have a little farewell party with some streamers and balloons. He he wanted to, I don't know if they had that then, probably not. Uh, he wanted to enjoy his old life one more time. Let me just go back to it just for a little bit, Lord. No doubt, I'm sure the Lord in his response understood, and perhaps, and I don't know for sure, but maybe his heart was, he knew that as soon as he started going back, his heart would stay attached to those affections and to those friends and to that life, and he would never end up going back to Jesus. And so Jesus told him, Listen, once you start plowing, you better keep, your, keep your, your eyes forward. You start looking back, you're going to get off course. And that's the illustration he gives. Someone plowing. Got to keep that straight. If you don't, you're going to get off here and get off there. And no doubt he knew this man would get off course. If he didn't keep his eyes straight and his hand to the plow for Jesus. That's like many of us, isn't it? We want to hold on to our old ways, our old speech, our old haunts, our old friends, our old life. We don't want to sacrifice our kingdom for Christ's kingdom. We don't want to sacrifice the comfortable for the consecrated. We don't want to sacrifice our work for God's work. But we see Jesus' response in verse 62, as we said, with that illustration of the plow and putting your hand to the plow and not looking back if you look back, you're going to get off course. You're not going to do the work the way God wants you to. You're not going to be following the, the right path you need to go. And certainly a follower of Christ shouldn't look back once his hand's on the Lord's plow. That doesn't mean you can't look back and remember where you used to be so you can thank God for where you are now. It doesn't mean you can't look back to your salvation and think, man, before I was saved, I was doing this and that. But praise God, he saved me. He cleansed me. He forgave me. He helped me to go forward for him. And uh, we can learn from the past, but we ought to keep our eyes going forward for Jesus. There's a new work to be done now. There's a new purpose to live for now. There's a new direction you're going now. Don't put off the plow 
Don't put off the plow until later when Christ, Christ wants you working it now. I don't know, but if you've been plowing for a while, and, and, and back in the old days we had to do it by hand, and you had to plow, I'm sure you'd be tired. I'm sure you'd want to take a rest, and so you stop, and you kind of sit down, and you rest for a while, and you drink some water. Chances are it's going to be hard getting back up and getting to the plow. You just, want to, you just want to rest. I know when I'm working, if I'm doing something physical, as long as I keep going and keep moving, I'm okay, right? As soon as you sit down, uh, you're not going to want to get back up. I don't know if you're like me. I feel like I'm getting older. Maybe not as old as some, but not as young as others. And uh, listen, my legs are sore, my arms are sore. I'm not going to want to get back to it. It's going to be hard to get back to working like I need to. I think that is sometimes as Christians, we, we plow for the Lord, we serve him, we live for him, and then we look back or we look elsewhere and we get distracted from the, the plowing that God wants us to do. And you know what? It's a little bit harder to get back. You can, but it's easy to procrastinate. It's easy to say, well, I can do this instead, or, or well, I can just back up and, and maybe go over here, or maybe I can just rest a little bit longer and before long. Before long, much of the, the row that you're supposed to plow isn't getting done. James 4.13 4, says, Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. James 4.14 4, says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. He said, you, you, you that say, listen, I'll just go do this tomorrow, and I'll go, go for a year over here, and I'll do this over there. I says, go to now, you that say that, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. Time goes by quick, doesn't it? Time goes by quick. One minute, and if you have kids, one minute, they're just a baby or a toddler. Next minute, they're grown up. Time passes. Another year goes by, and the older you get, the quicker it goes. Amen. And I used to hear people say that, and I say, ah, that's not it, but now that I'm getting older, I'm, I'm realizing, whoa, where'd that year go? Where'd those five years go? It goes by quicker. What is your life? It is a vapor. It's there, then it's gone. We don't really have the time to put off to later what God wants us to do now. John 4, 9, 4, Jesus had the right idea when he was on earth. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Now is the time to plow for Christ. Now, not later, is the time to get in on the work of Christ and for Christ. Now or later. That is a choice for each of us today as we enter into a new year. I know it was... A pointed and directed message on purpose. I pray that the Spirit of God took it and worked in each heart because you have to decide right now those things that you know the Lord says now, but you, you keep saying later, you need to decide to do now. And when you move, move into a new year in 2024, when it comes, there's going to be opportunities where you know what the Bible says, you know what God wants from you, you know what he's leading you toward. And if you keep saying later, 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 that later will never come. First, will you trust Jesus for your salvation now or later? I pray now. 
Are you here without Jesus as your Savior? Do you not know what would happen to you if you died today? Would you go to heaven and be with Christ forever? Will you make your relationship and walk with Jesus a priority now or later? So I need to start getting up in the morning and reading my Bible and praying. Or I need to, uh, to strengthen my, my prayer life. I'll do that eventually. Well, maybe now's the time. Maybe now's the time. Well, I've been, I've been putting off what I know the Lord wants because, well, I got this going on in my life and I got this going on. And maybe it's time just to say now, not later. Well, let me first do this, Lord. Let me first do that, Lord. The Lord said, no. You have a choice, but he said, just come. Just plow. Just do what God wants you to do. Will you put your hand to the plow in Christ's work now or later? There's a saying I've, I've known for a while, and I, I say it every once in a while, but I believe it's such a true statement, and that is to delay to obey God is disobedience. Well, say, I'm not going to obey God right now. I'll just delay it. That's still disobedience, no matter how you look at it. And that's convicting for me. That's convicting for all of us this morning. When we know what God's word says, when we know what he wants from us, when he leads us, are we willing to obey?